welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and today I bring to you part two of a six-part Advent worship series entitled, God With Us, with today's t- uh, message entitled, God With Joseph the Dutiful, based off of Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. So let us dive into the Word today. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. Her mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Amen. The Christmas story, the birth of the Messiah, begins with a dilemma. Mary's pregnancy, while she is engaged to Joseph, creates a real issue for Joseph, including a potential public scandal. In fact, potential is an understatement. It would have been a public scandal. And Joseph makes a respect a respectable dutiful plan but the spirit of god moves joseph from dutifulness to participation in god's extraordinary plan <clears throat> now when bernadette and i were first married things were certainly rough uh, we had planned to have katie but as with most young parents we we did not foresee what the future held for us financially. As you know, at the time, I was going to college to become a computer programmer, but at the time, Sussex County Community College, which was the community college I attended, didn't have a degree or certificate program in web development, let alone business programming. So I was actually uh, majoring in journalism at the time, uh, and this was uh, suggested to me by my advisor, and he said that you know if you if you take journalism, I'll let you run the College Hill online as it's you know on, as the online editor, uh, which uh, was the online version of the print school newspaper. Now that experience was absolutely instrumental in helping me build my skills, and I took that that College Hill newspaper and built it into something bigger and better than what it was. Um, and, and laid the groundwork for future uh, generations to come in and improve it on what I did. And, 
and uh, you know, it's it, now we live in a world where everything's online, and uh, and none of that is new. But back when we were doing it, it was it was brand new. But still, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a degree to show for any of it. On top of that, we could not afford to put both of us through school and support a child. And Bernadette was closer to finishing nursing school than I was finishing up anything at SCCC. At some point, the moment came. My father-in-law offered me to work uh, with him as a uh, union iron worker. And um, now I'm not a manual labor kind of guy at all. I am not a manual labor kind of guy. Um, I like to work with my hands. Uh, and that is really where my gifts lie. I mean, think about it. You know, like I'm not... I'm not a handyman. I never was, never pretended to be. Um, but, you know, um, I always wanted to work with my, my head, not my hands. So, um, you know, and, and just because I'm a man doesn't mean I need to be handy. You know, like a lot of people assume, well, if you're a man, you must know how to, you know, work with your hands and work in the yard and paint and do all this stuff. And, you know, I mean, I can learn and I can, you know, do things as I as I learn to do them but just because I'm a man doesn't mean I need to be handy and just because someone's a woman doesn't mean they cannot be handy I know many handy women my wife included uh, so we got to break those stereotypes amen again though I'm not much of a manual labor guy and I'm not too handy so the idea of me working as a union iron worker was the absolute last thing I wanted to do Yet I knew I had to. It was my obligation and duty as a husband and as a father. And so I accepted the offer and worked as an iron worker for a year and a half. And I even got to be a foreman on a couple of jobs in that time. <laughs> hey, if anybody needs a reinforced patio, I know what I'm doing. Or at least I did know what I was doing anyway. <laughs> um... I'm pretty sure I could do it. Over time, with the pay and benefits being so good, I even considered staying in that industry so that I could continue to provide a stable household for my family. But in the end, uh, I had to follow my own path, my own way, which led to failure for sure. But it also led to God and to me answering the call that God put on my heart. We all do things out of a sense of duty and obligation, but sometimes it can leave us feeling unfulfilled or, or bored or, um, you know, um, or like we are a side character in the drama of, of life or not center stage or, you know, um, the story of Joseph shows us that we all matter in God's story. I mean, Joseph was not the main character, but we see the importance of him in the story. And it also shows us how to move from living out of obligation to truly listening to God's will for us. It's not that obligation doing things because we're obligated is bad always but when we're when we put obligation above god it does become bad it becomes our will over god's will 
Now, Joseph, as I said, is not the main character of the Christmas story. Nevertheless, his decisions and actions have significant impact on the way it unfolds, on bringing Jesus into the world. And consider how Mary's pregnancy would have impacted both Joseph and Mary. I mean, we all think of how it affected uh, Mary, but do we consider how it affected Joseph? This is why I love the movie The Nativity Story so much, because it, it really shows in, in part what Joseph went through as well as what Mary went through. Now, Joseph knew he was not the father of Mary's baby. I mean, this is more, this, this is more than a, a matter of divorce. The, the law demands she be stoned for adultery because engagement carried the weight of marriage in those days. When we are under pressure, who we really are comes out. And this was true for Joseph. It says Joseph was a righteous man. In fact, that is why God chose him to raise Jesus along with Mary. His choices were driven by his great love and commitment to Mary's well-being. And also by his own inner conviction about how he wanted to behave in the situation. Joseph had planned to dismiss Mary quietly to avoid public disgrace. Rather than claiming his right as an injured husband, which he would have been righteous in doing, you know, per the law. And Joseph had a decent plan, almost a godly one. But it only dealt with the obvious problem. It didn't deal with the deeper concern. Mary's claim that she was pregnant by the Spirit of God. You see, Joseph was only dealing with, with it from human terms, like, oh my God, she's pregnant and that's not my child. But he wasn't really hearing her claim that she was pregnant by the Spirit of God. In the midst of this difficult and painful situation, we can imagine that would be hard for anyone to chew on. I mean, anyone. God is with Joseph in an incredible way. And God sends an angel to tell Joseph the truth about his situation, to claim his inner turmoil uh, and, or excuse me, to calm his inner turmoil and to give him the wisdom to know what to do. And when Joseph awoke... He had a clear choice. I mean, he could stick to his own good but very human plan. Or he could trust God and follow the bold and, in a real sense, risky plan that God had shown him. And of course, because Joseph is a righteous man, Joseph says yes to playing his part in God's story, regardless of the personal consequences. And we should not underestimate those consequences. Whether people thought that Joseph had broken the vow of celibacy, which would have been disgraceful for both him and Mary, or that Mary had been unfaithful to him, the potential shame on him was substantial. And you can see the way 
the villagers around Nazareth refer to Jesus anytime he comes to his hometown as an adult. Oh, isn't that Joseph's kid? Or isn't that Mary's kid? But Joseph says yes to playing his part in God's story, regardless of those consequences. The Christmas story is filled with hard choices and sacrifices. It's not warm and fuzzy. It's not all silent night. In fact, the night that we talk about wasn't very silent if anybody's been through childbirth. It was messy. It was painful. It was agonizing. It was in a stable next to animals making their noises and doing their thing. No, the Christmas story was filled with hard choices and sacrifices. Knowing the will of God is not enough. Doing God's will is what matters. Doing it, not just knowing it. Joseph moved from a place of compassion and duty to actually listening to God. So what does it look like for Christians to be dreamers, to go beyond what the world expects of them and to step into God's bold future? Has God already placed a dream in your heart? What will be your next faithful step? Perhaps like Joseph, it includes letting go of our desires to explain ourselves, to be understood and validated according to the world's standards, to be seen in the proper light, and to maintain personal comfort and security. Now, I'm sure there have been times when we, as a congregation or whatever congregation you're attending, and certainly the church more broadly, did what was expected or considered the right thing, maybe even more than was required, and yet missed the opportunity to take a brave step to do a God-inspired thing. For instance, as a church, we have put together some really awesome programs that are intended to bring people to the church. I mean, we have the international dinner, we have all of the concerts, we, have, uh, we had uh, coffee houses, we had lots and lots of awesome things that would bring people to the church. But what if we brought programs to the people out in the community? What if we brought ourselves out into the community and participated in hands-on mission where people know why we're there? Because we love them. There are going to be an increasing amount of such opportunities in the near future. That I can promise to my church, and I hope that's the case in, on all churches. But in what ways will the church need to be obedient, even if it is uncomfortable? What kind of sacrifices will we each have to make so that God can work through us in our communities and beyond? Let us surrender all to God and to his Son, Jesus Christ, through the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you and praise you for this opportunity to be challenged, but also inspired. Lord, the Christmas story is filled with hard choices and sacrifices, and yet we've all had to make such 
choice, hard choices and sacrifices in our lives. Let us just be more intentional, making them in alignment with your will rather than ours. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I just want to thank you uh, again for tuning in. Um, this is always a, a pleasure for me to bring uh, these messages to you. Uh, I really, really do uh, enjoy bringing them to you. But not only that, I, I learn from them as well. I mean, this is a, a way for me to grow as a person, to be able to, to preach these and to... Um, you know, and to, and to bring them to you week in and week out. I hope that if this is your uh, main, you know, form of uh, spiritual uh, nourishment through the week, uh, there are uh, links in the episode notes for you to, to contribute uh, to my ministry at First United Methodist Church of Newton, and we would love for you to do that um, always. Uh, so if you, if this is your main nourishment and you want to support us, uh, we really would appreciate that. And, uh, we've, you know, we've noticed some people have, uh, given that we don't know who they are and, and maybe it's from, from those of you who listen. And, and if it is, thank you for all who have, uh, contributed. Um, if this is not your main form of nourishment, but kind of supplementary, then please, by all means, support the church that you attend. Uh, they need it as much as we do in these hard times. Um, but wherever you give, and of course you want to give to both of us, none of us would argue, uh, but wherever you give, give with a joyful heart. We are called to be a people who give. We are called to be a people who love. We are called to be a people who make disciples, who make more disciples for Jesus Christ, for the transformation of the world. Amen? So with that said, friends, remember you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you.